Welcome back to On Track, everybody. My name is John Ali, and you are tuning in to episode five. This week, I'm sharing my interview with singer-songwriter on the rise, Carlos Vera. This is another one that we recorded back in March, and let me tell you, this one took me for a trip. Carlos's story is amazing, and we really just get into it in this episode. From growing up in South Carolina, being a preacher's son, coming out to his parents, getting signed after putting out one song, his EP release, and so much more. Buckle up, because we're about to get on track. Hi, I'm John Ali. Y'all already knew that. But today we are on track with singing, Hi. songwriting, superstar <laughs> on the rise, Mr. Carlos Vara. What's you? Hi. Hi, what's up? Hi, babe. How are you? How are you? <laughs> you are, oh, I mean, we're currently in your apartment. Yeah. You said you just moved here recently. I did. A week, a week ago? Two weeks? A week ago. Yeah, two but weeks you've ago. been coming kind of back and forth. And to LA, like you now, you're like fully here, right? Yes. So I was living in Nashville, mm-hmm. but I've been back and f- I've been back and forth for a while, like like writing and stuff, but like living living here only like eight months. Yeah, I was living at one. So place. you're so you're new to LA. yeah. I'm a new I'm a new you're a newbie, newbie in the LA, town. Yeah, West Coast boy. But yeah, you grew up in South, South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Then you moved to Nashville. Then you moved here. Mm-hmm. But South Carolina is where it all began. It's, it's where, where it all began. In the you, country. Where you were birthed. <laughs> yeah. The town of birthing. <laughs> but you, do you have any siblings? Yeah. Seven. 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 Yeah. Well, it's like a yours, mine, and ours situation. So like my dad, my family is crazy as fuck. Hi, <laughs> hi, but they're definitely not going to watch this, but hi if you do. Um, yeah. So like my dad had, my dad's from El Salvador. Okay. So my dad was like born and raised there. Moved here when he was 18. So he had like a kid in El Salvador, came to America, got married, had two kids with this lady, left her, had another kid with the first lady. Oh my God. Met my mom who already had a kid. They got together. Then they had me. Then they had my little sister because they were nightclub owners. Oh. So my mom was my, my dad's bartender. Oh, okay. And then he, and then he. Became pastor. Wow. Damn. Well. (laughs) He has got a lot of baby mamas. Yes, I know. <laughs> mamas of the Lord. Mamas of the Lord. Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely interesting because I feel like my childhood, like early childhood memories, I, I very much remember like my parents owning nightclubs and like reggaeton and like those tigres, del, like all, all of the this shit, like people would come and play at the clubs and it was like this whole kind of like club atmosphere. Yeah. And I think culturally we were like, I don't know, Latino, like I guess Christian by just kind of like- okay by culture you know yeah, what I mean? just, but like, we the, weren't like just the way it is yeah and then my dad had like this like extreme moment when i was like seven and then so from like then on was the lord the lord he had like what a, some like a weird awakening was it yeah so my parents were my parents were like young when they had me so my mom was only like 21 okay same my, actually my yeah i'm having issues yeah so it's like which is crazy now because i'm 22 now and i'm just uh-huh. like what the f-? like i can't yeah i can't even imagine having a kid at that age for sure no no it's crazy how much like me 
being her agent, she had to me. I'm like, oh, you don't even realize how much I guess your parents kind of go through, or like how like 21 having two kids. Like, I, yeah. what the fuck? no, never. I would. I don't know how she did it. Wow. But well, um, she was 21. She's badass. Yeah. So 21, they were like together, and there was like a lot of issues because my dad was, you know, like it was the nightclub business and a lot of, you know, just like unfaithfulness and like just crazy shit. So my mom was over it and I was like, mm. "Fuck you, I'm leaving." And then my dad um, went to church and just kind of had this like moment of, I guess, realizing that his family was like leave leaving. But I think because he's like an extremist, mm-hmm. it, he just like want like that, like literally went to church, pulled over on the side of the road, baptized himself with a bottle of water, closed down the club, stopped selling the liquor license at the restaurants that they owned. They had like a huge band coming that weekend. I forgot, I forgot the name of it, but all in a day wow yeah so it was like that to that literally in a day so then um that all stopped businesses like struggled and like failed um because they had you know they were the nightclub business and all of a sudden it's like literally nothing yeah um so then yeah well, so for, then what did he do for to, for money yeah, to survive so he literally so we had a restaurant that they tried to like that was successful but then my dad because he went so like extreme the other way like stopped selling alcohol at the restaurant mm-hmm, at all and mm-hmm. i'm like nobody's gonna come to like you know it was a mexican restaurant like nobody's yeah, gonna come to mexican restaurant. there's no fucking like, like margaritas offer, you know yeah. what i mean so that started flopping and then um i hate that i said flop oh my god <laughs> i, um, I used flop know, all like, the time that started flopping uh, <laughs> i used flopping like, i know it's like uh, but yeah, so then my mom started working at like a um, law office. As, okay. like a, my mom's Greek, but she speaks like fluent Spanish because of my dad oh. and stuff. So she's like a translator in courts and stuff. So she started like working at a law That's office. That's a cool man. Yeah, which is crazy. So she like kind of worked her way up there. And then my dad um, got ordained and like now is like the pastor of like, I think the biggest Spanish speaking church in the Carolinas. Are so you now, serious? Yeah, I think. So yeah, his church in Columbia, South Carolina, two churches in Mexico and one in El Salvador wow yeah he is busy yeah and so like but it's very like pentecost like like have you ever seen like on tv um speaking in tongues and passing out and all of that like that was it really that was my life and you were just always surrounded by that oh yeah for sure and i mean how old were you when you were like fully like this was just like your life yeah used to it for sure but also in the south i think that we're already kind of accustomed to that because growing up i was raised by my my grandma, who was like my babysitter, that I, I just became like my grandma. You know what I mean? Because my parents are always gone working at the clubs. Yeah, and she was that's like, like a common thing with I think Latin families too. I mean, maybe not yeah. just Latin families, but like I also had like my grandma stay with us, and she would be like our babysitter. Yeah, no, that's what it was because it was like because neither one of my parents' families like lived near us, so there was literally this like old lady that my parents got um to babysit us, and she just became like my grandma figure but she was a southern like oh, christian okay. woman so i think growing up i already had that kind of church in me and then living in the south everyone's already conservative and christian and then plus when my dad became a pastor it was like a whole nother level of like kind of like spirit-filled church is what we call it um so yeah that was literally my entire life but then also where i lived it's like cool to be in the youth group that's like the, it, it's it was like i didn't even realize how different the south was until i got out of it mm, because i, I that's literally all you knew for sure i mean i have a memory i have so many memories of just like even growing up in like in my youth group we, we <laughs> was probably in like seventh grade and we took a winter retreat to the mountains okay uh for like a youth group christian retreat and i i vividly remember being riding back on the bus and just like imagine 
a bunch of middle school age children just speaking in tongues and praying over each other for like wow. a four hour long oh. bus ride because it was such like it was like if if you could speak in tongues you were like that bitch you know oh what I mean you were God. like them of the youth group you were the <laughs> iconic one it was just like a whole nother mindset back then but yeah that was my life I mean it sounds like you at least enjoyed that aspect of it it's actually weird because I feel like I was so in it because I think when you grow up. I knew I was gay from like a very young age. Yeah. So like I knew, but I also knew from a very young age that it was not okay in my environment. You know yeah. what I mean? So I always felt ashamed and always felt like there was this crazy like secret I had to hide. Or, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But be because of that, I think I instinctually overcompensated on every other part of my life because I was like, well, if, if I'm gay, if I'm like you know, inside, you know, just this gay child that like nobody knows about because it's like a sin, mm -hmm. then I'm going to try my best to let everybody think that Dis I'm this like Christian, like the most, uh, I literally remember like being so like anti, like we, I mean, look at me now, like, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. just, just all of that I was super about that life, super Republican, volunteered at stuff like that, super everything that I am not for now i was for then and i think it's hard because when you look back at your at your childhood there are some great times but then there's a, there's a lot of gray which i think it's hard for people who don't come from the south or yeah. from the, that environment to understand because there was good and there's bad but then there's like a lot of a, a gray moments you know there are things that i did that i'm not proud of because of situations that i was in and just kind of like I don't know. Like I have some, just, I have some great memories of youth group hanging out with friends, yeah. and then I have some other memories where I was like, "That was fucked up." You know what I mean? Like I should have, yeah, known, but I didn't. So, yeah. and also, you were just trying to protect yourself in a totally. lot of a lot of ways. Protect yourself, but also, I think, I think there are some good parts of religion, like whatever people believe, like that's whatever they, that's like their own personal thing. But then, at the same time, when when you're raising it from the start, I don't think people really understand like how much almost like brainwashing goes into it mm -hmm. and it's generational generation generations of like people being taught the same thing so it's like i don't know every day i would wake up and i'd be like okay so like i believe that there's this god he does everything for you and everybody has a specific plan and then you learn one day that it's like oh but if you're gay you're going to hell and mm -hmm. then as a kid you're like holy shit like yeah. no matter how much i pray i still know i'm gay still know i'm attracted to guys and then they're also telling me that god does all this for a reason so the only way my brain computes that is that i was created to be destroyed i'm the example so it just creates this entire fucked up mentality of just constantly trying to like redeem yourself yeah. and like the spiritual realm because you're adding this omnipresent thing to your life that still will haunt me for forever you know what I mean? every day it's like having to like train that out of me that i'm not that i shouldn't feel guilty about yeah, existing you know what i mean like that your own I hope beat. all that makes sense no it <laughs> makes sense i mean and it's the fact that you were able to kind of get out of that and know that you'd be find a light in some sort of way yeah for yourself in that because i mean you that was so it was, in a lot of ways it was forced upon you to... yeah no it's crazy it's it's really a crazy world yeah so like... was the what was your like moment of like i or of coping or maybe where you were like i've had enough of this in high school and stuff i i was that person i was like oh my god like I was like, I can't date a girl because I'm in a relationship with God. Like, that was, like, me because I was, like, 
I was like, I wanted to seem straight, but I also was like, I was like, I cannot fake date a girl. I just can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Near. I can't. Do you it. can't do it. You know what I mean? Like, I love you, sister, but like, I can't. <laughs> um, but I just remember it was exhausting, constantly trying to Pretend. cover it up, and it was just this over sense of constant guilt and self hatred that just constantly like knocked at my door. And then I remember when it was it was it was probably when I moved to Nashville because I was eight. 18, yeah, 17 or 18, um, still in high school. And I I knew I had to get out of South Carolina. I was like, I hate it here. Mm-hmm. I don't like living in a small town. I just, I've always been that person that's like very spontaneous. Like I will like move across the country in a fucking heartbeat. Yeah. So I um, had a friend, like a mentor who was like a songwriter and moved to Nashville. And he was like, hey man, like whenever you graduate high school, you should move up here. You know, there's a great the city's really growing in like non-country music for like songwriters and musicians and stuff. And at that time I knew I loved music and I loved writing songs and singing. I didn't necessarily know who I was as an artist, but I knew that was like my passion in life and I had to get out. So I saved up enough money for first month's rent, moved to Nashville, worked at Chili's. I would literally like uh, get online because I did my school online. I would email it, send it back to my teachers, go to Chili's, work full time, go home. And I did that for like three years, just wrote with literally who would ever write with me and worked full time at restaurants. Wow. But it wasn't until then, you know, being pushed into a random city, Nashville, which I think a lot of people think is, it's definitely one of the more liberal Southern cities compared to LA. It probably still needs to like get there, but it's definitely progressive and moving in the right direction, which yeah. is really awesome. But it wasn't until I moved there and, you know, I was working at, Chili's at the fucking like mall meeting people from all over the world and I remember one time I was at work and I think a, B- a Beyonce song was playing okay do you know like, what song was it I don't even remember I was just like oh my god I love Beyonce and one of the other waitresses <laughs> was like Carlos are you gay not in like a mean way but just kind of like, like just yeah yeah because me and her were close and I was so pissed off I was like oh my god they're catching on to me like but I just remember being so upset in that mm-hmm. moment and then going home and being like, why am I, am I going to have to be this upset all the time? Anytime I feel like people are cracking like down on me. And then as the months go on, I'm like, okay, wait, I'm meeting all these different people. Cause I'm outside of my bubble now. It's like my neighbors are like this lesbian couple and they're good people. They're great people. Like get this shirt off their back and you know because you're taught that all these people are bad even though you know you're one of them so it's yeah, just kind of yeah, like yeah. i'm like no these are great people and then i'm like why is my new best friend who's an atheist a better christian than any christian i've ever met you know yeah. what i mean like why is this why is this guy the most like kind loving person like wait obama's actually a really fucking great president wait you know this isn't that like my entire everything your view you started changing i was being challenged you know what i mean because yeah. outside of it and i was just like holy shit this the one thing that has caused me so much pain and I've been ashamed of is like something that like I thought everybody in the world had to deal with. And I was like, wait, no, this isn't, I, I was just constantly like, I don't know how to explain it. It was like two worlds collided. And I was yeah, like, yeah. whoa, something's fucking weird. You know what I mean? Did a full Yeah, thing. I did a full hey. <laughs> um, But yeah, and it took me meeting all these people and, and, and realizing that, wait, this, this like, doesn't add up. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's too much there's no need for all this hate you know what i mean i was also like severely depressed and i was like i can't take this literally anymore because i was like really low because i was like oh my god like i'm poor as fuck i'm 18 i have no friends i have no industry connections i don't have famous rich parents i'm like struggling busting my ass at these restaurants like seeing all this fuck just like depressed because you know when you're gay you don't even like i'd never even got to date like nothing cute nothing fun so 
I was just like, fuck this. Like, I can't get worse than this. Yeah. So I um, texted my parents and I kind of initially I was like, Leo, please pray for me because I'm struggling with this. You know what I mean? And then they were like, yeah, sure. But then I, they, they handled it. I remember being awkward, but they were like, yeah, sure. Like, we'll pray for you. Like, you can get through this, blah, blah, blah. And then I was just like, no, I can't. I actually can't do this anymore. Like, I have to. I just have to, like, whatever happens, happens. But, like, I'm gay. So I, I but I knew it was going to be scary because my family is very conservative and, mm-hmm. and send family, everyone, like, religious. So it wasn't, I knew it wasn't going to be, like, a cute moment where I was going to, like, make a video and everybody was going to be, like, happy. Like, I knew it wasn't going to yeah, be that. Yeah, you knew, yeah. Um, but I also knew it wasn't going to be something that I could kind of tell over time or quiet. Like, I had to just pull the Band-Aid off and yeah, just, like, you take all the hit at once. You had already so, dealt with so much up until that point yeah it's like, it's like i can't take like exactly said, I can't take so it's just anymore. like no, i mean whatever happens happens so i went home typed up a letter and just posted it on facebook and instagram wow. so that's how i came out and um how was it received exactly how i expected it to be received it was intense for sure it wasn't like a um welcome to the rainbow i know right <laughs> um yeah no it was it was it was a lot it was really hard it was really really hard um because i think that it was it was it was on the path to loving myself but i still didn't love myself at the moment you know what i mean it was more of like a i'm already sad so nothing like can can make it worse you know what i mean because i didn't know how to cope with it so then i came out um my dad didn't react well yeah my family didn't react well my grandpa didn't react my my mom's dad my grandpa was like super, super like right wing, like conservative dude. So he like freaked the fuck out. Um, it was it was dark, but um, yeah, I just remember that happening. But but the few friends that I did have in Nashville, like other songwriters and stuff, I remember being so scared because I was like, oh my god, I'm gay. Like nobody's gonna write want to write songs with me. Nobody's gonna want to work with me because I'm like this gay mm-hmm. person but like luckily like the writing community there saved my life by just being kind people and like loving me and working with me and I, I remember the first time like I was working with this one producer so scared to tell him I was gay I was like oh my god because I thought everybody would just hate me yeah I yeah I don't know why I just had this like fear you know what I mean and that's the reaction you were getting on yeah the other side. totally and I just remember him and his wife being like Carlos like we love you and you're fine mm-hmm. and I was like oh so you're like oh wow um, yeah yeah so just it, i mean it's still a process every day of like getting more comfortable in my own skin and like loving myself but um i definitely am yards and like leaps and leaps and leaps no yeah i mean now just than what i used to be just your spirit and the way you talk it doesn't you would never know that that's what you came from mm. because you exude such beautiful energy Thank you. and you're so sweet and like have all this like nice energy about you thank you um but that's that's what the that's the beautiful thing about being gay is sometimes like all of us do come from not maybe not so glamorous situations yeah. i certainly didn't like when i came out it was also hard yeah eventually you they had to, you know your family has to accept it or they don't whatever the case yeah. may be but the good thing about i think a lot of gay people is we get to find our own for sure family if it's not our the family that we were brought up with for sure um we end up finding our own family 100 percent. yeah and i think that has what nashville kind of was for you yeah yeah and even la like coming back and forth like i feel like i found friends that feel like family and, yeah. and luckily like i it, i don't know it was, it was easy for me to feel bitter and angry towards my family and I, there's some people like 
I'm not going to say that I just really want to like hate and I'm still mm-hmm. like angry about, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But one thing I've tried my best to do is just kind of like, I don't know. I want them to be, look at me and be like, okay, Carlos is still like a kind person, a loving person. Like, you know, I can see yeah. like, even with my mom, like how much she's grown over. Like, Cause me and my mom, we had like a rough past for a little bit, but now like I could see her. Slowly like, but she's growing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just by me, and I'm not saying everybody has to do that because you know what I mean? But like, just by me, slowly just like leading by example and just letting her see that yeah like i'm gay but i'm also just like the same fucking weirdo i've always yeah, been like, you know i'm still your son yeah and that's still totally still that same totally. boy that you helped yeah. grow, like nurture totally. and take care of yeah like i'm still me mom exactly and my <laughs> dad doesn't necessarily like he me and him aren't close at all so he doesn't understand that yeah but um even like i have a little sister who's 12 mm-hmm. um so it's really crazy to even see like the new generation's perspective of like everything because i thought because i grew up in like south carolina and this way that she was going to be just as probably judgmental as like i was um she's not which is crazy because she had she's just she grew up in the same environment yeah which it it makes me really excited for this for this younger generation because i think because the internet even though there is so much trash and random shit on it but because they do have access to so much information all the time i think they're just inherently more woke you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. my little sister's 12 and she was just the other day i guess her class was to send people uh, famous people letters and she thinks i'm famous yes even though like i'm not she's like do you know this youtuber i'm like no girl i'm not on that level she's like he like oh my brother knows everybody yeah i'm like not everyone i'm like no girl i'm like i'm like the lowest tier girl oh you that's know? so cute girl. i bet she no, looks up to you no lot. i love her to death but in in the letter she was like i wanted to write this to you because I love you. And no, it, it was something like you're never ashamed of being different, even no matter what people say. And it's just like cool to see her level of like just understanding yeah. and like acceptance. And she's only 12, you know what yeah. I'm just like, damn. Like, Sounds I, like she's going to be a great Yeah. Girl. I'm like, she's going to be iconic. Like, yeah. She's going to be a yeah. fierce girl. No. Yeah. But I, shout out to the sis. Shout out to sis. Yeah. <laughs> but I can see my parts of my family like really growing. So I do have hope. Yeah. For some of them. You know, sometimes it, it does, it does, it takes some time. Yeah. Just no, some for time. Sure. For sure. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing all that with me. I mean, I, I, I didn't really know the extent of it. I knew a little bit about you growing up in South Carolina and stuff like that, but yeah, I can't even, I can't relate. And you know, the fact that you're here sitting and like thriving and doing your da- damn thing. It's, it's nice to see that you, you were Thank able you. to fight through it. Thank you. Yeah. LA boy now. Yeah. <laughs> He's a fighter. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Christina no. Aguilera fighter. <laughs> Alexa stream Christina Aguilera fighter. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know it's crazy. Like, and that's, it's only been what, like three, four years, four years. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, it's, I feel like it's only going to get better from here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just in that moment, I just like had like a whole like life flashback. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, yeah. No, it's, it's been. You really, lived a lot of life. Really more, crazy. A lot, more, a lot more than some people could say already. <laughs> it's crazy. But in Nashville, that's, I mean, that's Nashville. You said you were, that's where you were kind of like figuring things out mm-hmm. musically. And you always were wanting, you were really trying hard to p- pursue, your, find your sound. Yeah. Was there a moment in, the, the moment in Nashville happened where you were like, this is how it's going to be? You know, it happened. So if you rewind back to like 15, okay. so I, that's probably when I started writing songs because uh-huh. I, I was, my mom's a singer, so I always kind of like grew up singing and like uh-huh, uh-huh. writing poetry and stuff. Um, but I have Tourette's. So when I was like 15, I had to leave school for a year because it got bad and mm-hmm. my muscles were ripping and shit. I was homebound in my room. So I, I had like a teacher come visit me. So I would just like 
sit and like listen to karaoke and like songs and like sing karaoke on YouTube and like write poems and write songs. I feel like that's where it, my passion for writing began because it was kind of like a therapeutic yeah. power transfer thing. And then I had like a little moment that I don't speak up and I was on the X Factor when I was 16, like very, very, very briefly. And that's where I met a songwriter because here I didn't last long. Don't look it up. Uh, but hey, you are not the only one. I know, right? That's had this experience. But I randomly, I literally randomly went to an audition and somehow made it because I was like, you know, like this story, the kid with Tourette's. So yeah, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but because of that, it'll it'll segue into Nashville. Yeah. Um a friend named Josh Williams, who actually lives out here now, was like a songwriter, mm-hmm. songwriter, and he saw my thing and um it was like uh, audition. He was like, Wow, like I, I really like this. Like I love your voice. This touched me. Like I'd love to write a song with you. So when I was 16, I went uh, my mom drove me to Atlanta and I had like my first co-writing session with wow. him. And that's the first time I did like a co-write. And I was like, oh my God, like I have to do this for forever. Either way, he came like a mentor type vibe. Then he moved to Nashville. He was like, move up here and I can like help you. Cause he did like sync music kind of like for commercials and stuff like oh, that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he really believed in me and I just like moved out there and for three years he I wrote with him like as much as I could. I was working like 40, 50 hour work weeks at like restaurants. So I'd like work from like 7 a.m. to like 11 p.m. at restaurants so I could have like one or two days off during the wow. week to write with him. And thankful. Thank you, Josh, Aww. for watching this because he just like really believed in me and I, I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And for me, I'm a very, I think there's something cool about taking like emotion or like emotional baggage or trauma or whatever and like turning it into something music out of it. All right. Yeah. yeah. It's like taking the power back. And I think the first, I released a song called Numb. Yes. So that was like my first moment where I was like, artist. Cause yeah. I, I, um, did that and I had no management. No, that was probably like my third year living in Nashville. And I was working at a restaurant called Biscuit Love. <laughs> um, get the East Nasty open face biscuit fried bone chicken thigh Asian or sausage gravy. It's really good. <laughs> now I was a line reader. Oh, uh, but yeah, sorry. I just had it. Sponsor. I know, right? Pay us. Sponsor ad. Um, influencer. Um, yeah, so I was working there and I had written all these songs and I was like, okay, like numb. It was the first song I wrote to not in Nashville actually, but it just stayed with me and I felt like lyrically it was very about what I was going through in the production, which is the sound that I I loved and I was like, okay, like this is me where I am right now. This is speaks to me. I feel it in my soul. Like I love the the elements of it all. And I'm like, I have to release it. Like mm-hmm. I just have to do it. You want to share it with Yeah, the world. I was like, I don't know how, because I just was fucking clueless, but I was like, I'm just gonna fucking do it. Yeah. So um I got my friends, uh, Mika and Jordan Short and Sophia Lauer. They were like college students, um, Mika and Sophia in Nashville, who did like film and stuff. And for like, they they like significantly lowered their rate for me because we were friends oh, wow. and did like a little music video shoot for like $200. And my, I was living in an artist, low income housing apartment complex in uh-huh. Nashville. So they shot like a little music video in there for me and just really believed in me and I, I got online on fucking submit hub and paid like $15 to like submit to whoever like yeah would do it. And um, yeah, it was crazy. It all happened very organically, organically. Cause then that happened and my other songwriter friends were sending my songs to their friends for singing out to their friends who sent it. It's like the people like at billboard pride. And all, so it was all happening. Like a trickle effect. Yeah. A trickle effect. It, and I had no manager, no publisher, no label, no lawyer, no, no nada. nothing, just friends. 
Um, and then the song came out and so it got a new Music Friday somehow, literally just through like on Spotify. Friends passing it on to friends. And I had no idea. I was like, what the fuck? And then like Billboard did like a piece on it, Billboard Pride. And that's yeah. And the next thing I know, I, all these labels started like hitting me up. You fill me up to pull me out. You build me up. Just to break me down Don't make me go planning on releasing stuff regardless if anyone got yeah involved. i was like yeah because you weren't i mean you weren't expecting all yeah of that, yeah and i already had like my next single planned out i was like this is the one i'm gonna do next yeah, <laughs> everything yeah, done yeah. and then all that happened and i was like what the fuck because the next thing i know i'm like getting online and like you know the billboard thing came out and like justin trainer follows me like all these people like these i mean big that's writers, how i found you and i'm just like what the fuck like people i never would have ever imagined would acknowledge my existence yeah um yeah, so then a bunch of labels started reaching out, and I was like, "Holy shit, I need an attorney!" So then I got an attorney and um, lawyer, a manager, and and yeah, just kind of it all started there. And then I, uh, two months later, I signed with Warner Records at Bonnaroo. That's amazing. It was crazy. <laughs> wow, I mean that that's a rare story to hear. Yeah, no, it it, it was very wild, wild, and I'm I'm very thankful for, for my label for that because I feel like these days because we are in the age of like influencer and mm -hmm. youtube and stuff like mm -hmm. that which is like great whatever like secure your bag um but sometimes it's it's hard when i don't know anybody can make art these days i guess it's like yeah, you can be like some famous youtube and all of a sudden be like i want to drop an album and yeah you know nowadays labels or anybody will just sign you if you have like over like a million views on like a random thing you know yeah. what i mean um but i'm very grateful for my team for literally just believing and my music and you and me which is yeah. hard especially like these days because you know i signed out here it's like to, to, to Warner records in la so it's just like i had not really like any fan base so just the fact that they believed in my art and my artistry and my songwriting and stuff like that is surprisingly rare you know rare these days because a lot of times it's like what art do you have but they just believed in it so i'm very thankful for for the opportunity wow the song that you <laughs> were like just keeping to yourself yeah you were, but you were like i know this needs to be put out yeah and you did it and then that was the one that like led you to yeah. everything it was crazy because i remember when i met with them the first time it was um the label meeting with warner it was, it was like 20 people in the meeting it was crazy oh my god it was crazy they like That's really well yeah i was like oh fuck i was like <laughs> um yeah it was all of them and my friend um busby actually who he was this producer unfortunately he passed away oh. i don't think but he's a great guy but he believed in me early on too and was like a really big champion for me and i just remember that day and i'll never forget and i playing them the song because i already had um nam was written and want me to was already written and impossible was already written which wow. is on my ep so i already came into the label with that and just like watching it go from like that little meeting when i'm playing them demos to like a full ass a full song project, like, project. and like single releases yeah and, like, all of that yeah it was it was really really wild oh my god i, mean, I can't <laughs> even comprehend like you like just hanging out in nashville putting out a song and then in a flash 
you open your eyes two months later and all of this has happened. Yeah. No, it was really crazy. Cause the numb came out and then, then I had the first label single confident mm -hmm. about like six months later and like last, last year. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, I was I was yeah. rewatching the video today, and I was like, oh my god, this was like almost like I know, right? It was a year ago. Yeah, it was yeah. exactly, almost exactly a year ago from like today. Yeah, no, no, yeah, it was. It's insane. Yeah, no, it's actually really crazy. And I and I love that song. <laughs> Thank you. Like I love confidence so much. I think it's so badass, and I really and it was nice to hear because at that point you had released like Nam and mm -hmm. and and I think was. Was impossible after numb? Uh, no, it was just numb. It was just numb, and then confident was the next one. Okay, so but no, yeah, it was such a different sound. Yeah, you went from numb being like this really, you know, heartfelt and emotional and mm -hmm. you know, devastatingly beautiful moment to like bringing out another side of yeah what you kind of like struggle with, which is like insecurities and just like all this stuff, and then putting it on this like badass pop song Thank that you. like you could strut to and dance to, but also like yeah, it was like it's like a it, it was I love that song. Thanks so much. so much. Yeah, writing that song was crazy. Cause that was my first time in L in LA like proper like staying because I had like an Airbnb for three months just writing songs and I had uh -huh. just turned 21. Uh -huh. So I was like out clubbing and I was like, oh my God. Living like, your I'm best 21 year old life. And I'd be like, life. I can't even go out in the club and like party. And then I would be out in the club and I'm like, oh my fucking God, I'm ugly. I need to go out. Like oh just kind of, cause I was like also like weed, like experiencing that for the first time. I was like, oh shit. Like, so I was just like going through like a chaotic phase. You know uh -huh. what I mean? Which I still am, but. I have a little uncontrolled now, I guess. But every <laughs> night I was just like being crazy. And I remember going home to my Airbnb and writing like a really sad ballad, which was the initial idea for Confident. Wow. And I brought that in with with Busby and Skylar and Jason and we wrote it that day. And we were so stoned writing it too, which is the funniest thing. Cause when you write songs stoned, you're like, in the moment, you're like, this is fucking amazing. And you're just all, going with whatever yeah, but comes then to your mind. Usually you, the next day you're like, oh shit, this sucks. But like for this part, this moment was good because one of this like weed pin things and me and Skylar were so stoned and the track was playing and I was like, just being bitchy and joking around. I was like, pass, 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 holy shit. It just came out. And then they're like, oh my God, keep that. And I'm like, no fucking way. You know, we're not. And they're like, yeah, you are. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> um, yeah, writing that was crazy. I feel like for me, I, I, it's very important to me that what I'm going through at the time emotionally mm -hmm. is, is what I'm writing about. Yeah. So, and I think that's why sometimes it changes from like numb and stuff. And a lot of times people are like, Oh, which one is you? I'm like, they're both me. It's just like my new fucking perspective. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's a multiple spectrum. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I had my little moment with that song and then the whole EP. So. Puff, puff, pass, puff, puff, pass. Holy shit, I'm smashed. Let's do it again. That was crazy. And it's also crazy because in my head, it feels like it was like centuries ago. 
But I'm also like, no, it's like actually only just beginning, which no, makes yeah. me even more exciting. You've only just begun yeah. having your fun. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and no, but the confident, I love. I like, Thank you. This, uh, my favorite part of that song is, uh, why are you so confident? Why are you so confident? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no. a lot of like fun little like moments in that song. Yeah, it was, it, it was a fun song to write. Because I think before writing songs is always kind of like this like emotional like thing where it was kind of like always i was always just like writing ballads you know like mm-hmm, crazy ballads mm-hmm, which i mm-hmm. still love no, yeah, that but, is <laughs> your, that is your wheelhouse baby i fucking love about it <laughs> but that moment was one of the moments i was like i can like because i feel like my personality as a person i am like this an emotional i am an emotional whore you know what i mean i like i'm always like freaking the fuck out but i'm also like very like extroverted too you know what I mean? i'm just like i'm like two extremes at the exact same time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i think writing confident was the one time i was able to really personify the fact that i am also like this crazy insecure bitch at the same it's like i I say my my vibe is like insecure but we'll fight you and i feel like confident was the time i was able to kind of channel that mania into a song which really opened up my doors now just for like all different types types yeah yeah but the fact that you're able to channel those emotions and put it in there like in a song like that that I mean, you're doing work for yourself in a lot of ways. <laughs> like it's like you're on your own therapist. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I definitely still need one though. Like, fucking crazy. Well, we all could use I a know. therapist. I'm like, it's so funny because like, as an artist, I guess, or like, I mean, anyone, like, I'm sure you, both you two, because yeah. you're, you're, we're all like artists. Sometimes it's like I'm like I'm being really chaotic and psychotic right now. This experience is for the art, you know. So it's just kind of like it, it is therapy because I'm talking about it, but it. it talking about my issues getting it out and then like taking a bath in it you know yeah, what i mean yeah, so yeah. you're letting it soak yeah. in you're letting it simmer yeah i'm trying to focus on the healing aspect recently, yeah. but i don't know how good that'll but, be. I mean, the, <laughs> that's amazing i mean that's what we want from an artist we want to hear your perspective mm-hmm. and you're doing that so like you already had the you laid down the, the groundwork from off the bat thank you like, a lot of people have to work hard to get to that point where like they're putting themselves vulnerable yeah and, position and letting themselves be seen and put your emotions so bare out there like that but yeah. you've been doing that from the beginning thank you so like we know who who you is <laughs> but it's good that's yeah. how it should be that's that's what i want for my thank you yeah. yeah i mean i think it's so important to do that to to be vulnerable and and be real and you know i think musicians there's all different types even it's like, endless you know it's endless and some people do it fun which is amazing some people want to create these like crazy bop like it, you can be whatever you want whenever you want but i think the reason i personally fell in love initially it is something so emotional and something so spiritual within this world that i feel like everybody feels and like i guess that's how i want i want my music to have impact yeah and like this the spiritual realm of like humanity like when yeah. something going back to like growing up in church you are raised with no matter what, when the music played at church, you still felt good. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is beautiful music. Mm-hmm. It was bringing everyone yeah. together. So I was like, how do I get this spiritual feeling, but in a way that's me and real mm-hmm. to the world? And so now every song is like, kind of like that. Like, I want it to be a fucking seance. Like, yeah. when the music played during live shows, I want it people to be, to feel like wet and like, you know, I don't even know how to explain it, but I want it to be like, a shift in the atmosphere with music because I think it's so powerful. It's like fucking witchcraft. You know what I mean? It and is. so like it, it is very powerful. And I don't think people realize how how powerful words and 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 melodies and stuff like that are in lyrics and stuff. So for me, it's 
I do have some fun songs that I like love and bops and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's like all about the song and the impact and the way that it, it hits you and your mm-hmm, your mm-hmm. spirit. You know what I mean? No, yeah, you're um, able to convey that. And I mean, in all your music, that's thank what you. you're doing. Thank you. And I mean, you have like a nice set of songs out now. Thank you. The EP came out, what, not even a few, how long has it been now? It was in like... October, I think. November, yeah. October. So a few months. It's yeah. only been. It's it's, not it's a, only been a few months, but it's, it feels like it feels like forever. Yeah, I'm like. Mm. You were. Yeah. How long were you sitting on those batch of songs? Long ass time. Yeah. A long time. <laughs> Would you say all of them are pretty old? Hmm. Want me to is really old. So want okay. me to. I had. I wrote literally in my apartment in Nashville when I was still working at Chili's, just like me and my friend and the guitar. Mm-hmm. So that was like literally. I had the voice memo on my phone. Mm-hmm. So that I've had that one for forever. I've had Impossible for forever. Have you ever seen a boy break down looking for love and confident or more like the recent ish? Yeah. Um, probably like right when I got signed, but it's been in my library, yeah. I guess, for, for a while. And that's what you named the title of the EP. Yeah. Have you ever seen yeah. it? How do you love a single boy break down? I love that song. Thank the, you. The, 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 right, right after you say that line, the, uh, like the that <laughs> part. Know. That's my favorite. Yeah. I love that. For some reason, I don't know why, but like that part always just like, I'm like, oh, I love that part. Thank you. <laughs> that song to me was, I guess, the essence of the EP. Like, Did you do that was going to be the title once you finished the song? It was crazy because I wrote that one in Nashville. So it was around the time I think I was getting signed. I don't think I had just signed yet. And I was in Nashville and my friend played the track and it's just the words, have you ever seen a boy break down? Just like came, came out. out. Wow. Which is crazy because like in Nashville, like that's just like not really something you would hear you know what yeah, I mean? like, no. um but i remember doing the verses that day i was on it i don't know what the fuck i was going through but i was just kind of like a mess because i i was just about getting signed about to get signed and all of a sudden all these people were like oh my god kind of just like in general like there was a focus on me and i was just kind of like i've never been this person like i'm always like no one i'm never growing up i was never like the attractive one i was never the funny one i was like i wasn't i was just kind of like the weirdo and then all of a sudden people are like oh my god like you're great i'm like you're fucking liars you know what i mean it was just kind of like this like i had to get to the point to where i'm actually losing my shit and making art about it for people to appreciate my existence Mm -hmm. at least that was like my mindset at the time and so the song was like have you ever seen a boy break like yeah come watch it i just had this vision of like a circus yeah and like me being in the middle of it and like freaking the fuck out and screaming and crying and just this crowd being like yeah um, but I wanted it to be like, even the verse melodies, it's like, like, I love like going down and yeah. But after I wrote that, I was like, okay, this is the, this is the essence of this era. Have you ever seen a boy break down? seen a boy break down but no that that song is so like as as much as the the production and everything sounds so great on it yet you this that subject matter is is intense and i think mm-hmm. a, a, uh artists in general a lot of people can relate to that song specifically because that's essentially what we're doing all the, a lot of the time it's like yeah we're almost building ourselves up and working our butts off to make this art for to share only to like be like sometimes scrutinized for yeah it and or we want to see you fail or, yeah. we, or, or do totally. we want to uplift it's, it's like a crazy so yeah 
I'm sure a lot of people in the who are creatives and stuff really relate to that song. Thank you. Yeah. No, it, it's one of my favorites I've done. Yeah. I'm, I'm super proud of that. Oh one. yeah. I was like, I want this to be on the radio. Thank I think you. it should be like Me too. I think it Hello, needs everyone. to be like top. Did you hear that? <laughs> like I was like, I was like, I yeah, I, I love that song so much. Thank you, thank you. Um, but I mean, it's been off like you said, you, some of those songs are old. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you've we've been moved we've moved on yeah we've, we've grown we've grown yeah I'm just like yeah this I've been in the studio a lot yeah recently I kind of when I moved to LA back in August I probably had like about five months of like a mental breakdown and then I was like okay time to go back to the studio mm-hmm. I just like had a lot of changes like the the EP came out um, I had a management situation that is tea that I won't go into but I. I, I changed my manager so my old manager so that just like was a lot for me yeah, I was like because yeah. you have people that I don't know just like a lot of change all of a sudden at once and then you're just thrown into LA with all these people and it's scary as fuck and you know being a new artist you're always judging yourself and you're I'm always comparing myself judging just like losing my mind now there's like this sleep so just like all these things all got these into my voices, mind yeah all these like new like environments totally so like I, I came to LA and I was honestly smoking a lot of weed and just really depressed again for a little bit. And, but I had to have that moment to get to where I'm now. But yeah. probably back in December, I, um, you know, I was writing all these songs, doing all these sessions and stuff like that. And nothing just felt it. But then I, I, I uh, started working in the studio with this guy named Steve Mostyn, who is a producer. Who, um he did like uh all the Alicia Key stuff and like the Miguel stuff. Oh amazing. He's like the fucking coolest dude ever. Yeah. But we just had like one random session because my, my new manager, Sarah, I love you, you're amazing. Um, <laughs> um she like set us up and we wrote the song um that'll be coming out soon called Don't Stop Please. And um that was when I was like, okay, this is a new era. Like this you're is like, that, that's when this. it clicked. I was like, okay, she's back. But <laughs> it, it's definitely inspired by kind of like the past year you know i've grown lyrically it's darker it's definitely more aggressive definitely a lot weirder and like i don't know i think i've gotten to this because i've been such this insecure person my entire life now i just like i've become obsessed with not giving a fuck like, i've had to train myself to be like i just want to create whatever i want just like weird aggressive like some of it's very sexual some of it's still crazy ballads but it's definitely a different um vibe but still me yeah that makes sense it sounds like you you're like you're letting you let yourself experiment exactly you let yourself have fun and it sounds like you evolved totally yeah yeah. so this is definitely like the phase i'm in and i'm feeling it so hardcore i've really i've never been more excited about this stuff because i think even with the last ep as much as as recent as it is and as much as i do love it and i'm proud to be part of it now i'm working with like one solid producer and i'm doing because I, I've been in it for like a year now, you know what I mean? I, I think mm-hmm. I know myself. I know when to say no, and I know how to like not compromise myself at all. So I feel like the art now is very much me, and I'm not scared of getting weird or like saying too much or having this influence. But it's definitely, the music is definitely, a, I'm calling it the, the new, new wave. Ooh. But yeah, it's definitely... It's just me, and I'm super excited. Yeah, yeah no, it sounds yeah, I'm super like, excited about I'm super it. excited. I just... I just I'm just fucking stoked. Yeah. I mean, and that's as an artist, you do have to kind of just let you let yourself kind of feel that like 
I know what I'm doing. This is how I want it to sound. And I also am not afraid of fucking shit up a bit. Totally. <laughs> I mean, it's really all about like, I feel like recently I've started to embrace my psychopath. I think before I was kind of always just kind of like, I mean, I've always been like a little manic and like, like I, I am fucking nuts. Like, I don't think people, but like ask any one of my friends, but I think for forever, I, I always like am innately like always like zero to 100, but then I always should like cover it with like a pretty bandaid. And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But I think after like this past month and getting on a Prozac, um, <laughs> I'm just kind of like, I just am going to do it. I don't, I'm just like, no, I, 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 this is me. This is real. This is me. It's exactly where I'm supposed to be. Demi Lovato. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Straight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, but just kind of like, I just am I'm doing it and really allowing myself to explore the depth of every single emotion I feel. And that's kind of what this new era is about is the chaotic, the, 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 deep chaos of the most beautiful things in life, but also the darkest, most sexual, most angsty, just kind of going to the extreme of every emotion I feel and making music about it. I feel like we're about to get some game changing stuff. I hope. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm super excited. Like the, I'm talking visuals and I'm like, well, that's the other thing too, which is like now that you have the music, now you get to have even more fun. With I, like love visual. Visual. I love a visual. Like, yeah. I love a visual. The gays love a visual. And also, uh, like you have like great style, and not everyone's you. like you know, and you get to have fun with that. Yeah, it, it's been really cool, especially with, with with writing this new music. I've I've been really able to learn how to. I don't know. I'm just tapping into some sort of energy that I feel like has always been in me. Maybe some like witch mystic energy where yeah. I just like feel it in my bones and like every day of life like this is just like the music i just can't wait to like make the videos and make the fucking art and and and, and get these songs out and like some songs i've written like completely alone some songs I wrote, it's just like i've been able to really create it the way that i want it and i want to make music that's gonna be people are gonna really connect with but it's got it's definitely gonna be weird but i also i want to be here in fucking 40 years yeah you, know you what wanna I mean? you want to yeah. You want to be on the, exactly. the Grammy stage. Exactly. You want to be like doing all of it. Yeah. And that's why I take my time because I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I'm not here to put out like a, a, a fasting and just like, I don't, I'd rather spend 20 years creating one amazing album than have a quick hit that's gone. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. so I don't know. That's, that's really important to me, but I, I'm feeling the energy. I, I, yeah. Um, I've just, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going. I embrace the inner thing. Yeah, you're. you're yeah, you're, I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. I'm sure it sounds like wild, but like it does sound wild. I but like, it. I love it. Like, yeah, no, like, I, I love I, I mean, it. You're making me excited for just. It's just so just, like like we said, like I said before, hearing where you came from, hearing what you had to go through, hearing all those things that you went through, and now you're at this point where it's almost like you are just exploding as a being it, and it was because you were so contained for so long mm -hmm. and now that you just get to explore and exude all that energy out there you're gonna be doing work not just for yourself but like all the kids who maybe have experienced Thank that you. similar thing mm -hmm. and they're gonna see you and and they're gonna be like i'm gonna be okay yeah no and that that's something that i and it's okay to channel that dark energy or yeah. that sexual energy or totally. that angsty energy. Like it's that's what you're doing. Totally. And and I think that it's so cool that you say that because every once you no, know, every once in a while you just think about music and it's like even though it's fun or whatever, you just think about like 
holy shit, like people are gonna hear this in South Korea. Like growing up, I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's actually a very interesting perspective and I'm not one to like be self-glory because I don't, I'm not like, I don't know. You're allowed to be But I'm just like, I know, I'm just like not good at, I'm not like, oh my God, I'm that. But it's like, I do think that the perspective that I come from is unique in the sense, like growing up, I didn't feel like I had a gay person. person. I, I had like the exchange and stuff with people that like I love and adore and respect, like all, all the icons and stuff like that. But I also feel like there was this, even with pop stars now who, who are amazing, incredible. And like, I, I, I didn't have anybody who I felt like had been through what I've been through, had experienced the extreme of yeah. the other side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You and gotten, see yourself represented. Uh, yeah. And not that that is bad. Cause I respect like, everyone out there and i don't know everybody's full story you know what i mean but like i feel like i mean it's i'm fucking like generation z what it's supposed to be like i'm like first generation latino gay kid from the south preacher's kid like i i, I take there's a lot of things in there that i feel like people in these parts of the country or the world that feel like there's nobody there that, there's that no knows where they're from i hope that yeah. they're able to connected this music and be like oh shit i can i I'm can do this okay. too i can do whatever i want and, and I, i'm gonna be okay and yeah. like it, it does get get better and you can also like just fucking follow your dreams if you're crazy enough to like fully convince yourself yeah. <laughs> that anything is possible you said a mouthful like, there. A, that yeah. is it. convince yourself and let yourself just like go yeah. for it and that's really all it is because like I mean, I freak the fuck out all the time at myself and I'm like, oh my God, you're terrible. But I also have this like crazy, almost like ignorant sense of belief in myself of just kind of like a, well, I have to make something work. I have to go out there and follow my dreams because there's not an option. It's like, there's no plan B. Yeah, there's no plan B. Like, so you have, have no to be crazy and have to leave plan You have no choice. You're like, I'm, yeah, do, I'm there's gonna no, do this. Yeah. I very much relate to that. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Which is like something that I think a lot of people need to see display especially these kids who come from like sometimes they need the to south like, or like wherever they kick exactly yeah. exactly and and you know as much as i trash south carolina like i'm glad that i'm from there because it's like nobody ever comes from our states you know what i mean it's always like i remember being a kid and being like oh my god everybody in order to ever make it out to be from like new york or california and i just want to show these kids from other like fucking places like no do whatever the fuck you want yeah. believe in yourself be like it, it sounds scary but i think you have to put yourself in a situation of sink or swim and just make sinking not an option. Yeah. And, 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 and I mean, you, you're, like I said, like you're a fighter. Like it's admirable to hear everything that you went through and then to see you doing everything that you are doing and that you're about to do. I, I want to thank you so much for sharing all that you did with me. And I'm so excited for all this new music that's coming out. It, the way you talk about it just, it just makes me excited. Thank you. Um, and I can't wait for everyone to get up in this Carlos gig. Yes. <laughs> the year of Vara. Yeah. Okay. 2020 is rolling 20s. Yeah. Not ro rolling, roaring 20s. <laughs> and then you can roll to this. Um, but yeah. where can everyone like find you on social media and all that? Yeah, on all the socials, uh Twitter, Instagram is I, I am God, what the fuck is I am Carlos Vara. <laughs> Twitter and Instagram, if you're watching, verify me because you guys keep denying my requests because you hate me. Um that's other tea. Anyways, I am Carlos Vara. It's the not verified one, but it's still great. Um, stream all the music and get stream, ready and buckle up. Yeah, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Facebook. I don't really get on that, so I don't follow. But um, yeah. All Bu buckle up. There's a lot buckle more coming. Up, girls. Bye. And boys and thems and theys. <laughs>
拜拜拜拜拜。Puff puff pass, puff puff pass. Holy shit, I'm smashed. Let's do it again. Puff puff pass, puff puff pass. Holy shit, I'm smashed.